Uppercut Podcast, we are back from a little hiatus where the boys couldn't get the time right, and a little hiatus from the fights, too. I don't think there's a fight till next, next week, if I'm correct. Yeah, so it's a while. Yeah, I think it's January 13th. This is the actual live UFC event, so yep. we've been on a little break. Holidays went by. hope everyone had a good one. We are going to do a UFC award show, as always. This is going to cover from... January 1st, 2023 till December 31st, 2023, covering the year of 2023. We're going to start off with uh, Male Fighter of the Year, and Jeff, we'll let you take the reins and start off the award show. Who is your Male Fighter of 2023? Here's the thing, you guys. It's got to be fucking Sean Strickland. <laughs> I mean, no fucking doubt. I had the same he thing. He started it off fucking, literally started it off with a fucking bang. He was the first event of the year. Last event of last year, ever since then, then has been catching dubs all the way until winning the belt. And, I mean, even beating ass at the end of this year. I mean, last year, whatever the fuck you want to say. Fucking in the crowd. I mean, he ended it off with a bang. He started it with a bang. It shot trickling all the way. Yeah, I agree. He uh, slapped the shit out at an event following winning his belt. He um has quickly became one of the most popular fighters in the ufc right well probably mixed martial arts community in general globally i mean his youtube videos are getting some of the most views for any fighter on earth right now everyone knows him if you're into mma whatsoever you know him he's became champ he was ranked seventh before claiming the belt from israel adesanya and i think the biggest thing that makes him male fighter of the year over a couple other guys is you beat one of the best fighters of the last 10 years probably the second best middleweight of all time and beats him in dominant fashion. There's no asterisk with that win. Sean Strickland is also my male fighter of the year. Maximus, are you agreeing? Are you going against the green? What we got going on here? Well, I started off. I had Pereira, but I can't, you kind of sold me on. Strickland. No, 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 no. Make your pick. <laughs> Be well, original. Make your pick. I, was I like Pereira on, too. I like Pereira for this one just because I'm so impressed with him. Uh, at nine and two and zero, oh, he's already held the belt twice, uh, two different weight classes. He has answered a lot of questions I have with him. Firstly, it was his grappling. He kind of showed that he is able to do that. He get he gets a um, you know, a sub not a submission win, a knockout win over uh Prohaska, but he had to show, you know, some grappling in that. He had to show grappling in a couple of his other fights with Blahovich. He had to show some of that as well. Granted, that win over Blahovich was not my favorite win, and I actually thought he might have lost that one. I still am kind of in awe of him right now and I'm not really sure what his ceiling could be just because I, I'm really impressed with him as a prospect he's been able to do so much in the UFC and I thought he was so one-dimensional coming in he's showing that he's got dimensions to his game and um, if he keeps you know adding levels I'm not sure who can beat him in in the division that he's in now because he has absolute bombs for hands but he's he's showing that he's able to round out a little bit and I feel like a lot of people have heard his story this year and he became a lot more popular uh, than he was when he first came in kind of he seemed like this guy that was just going after Izzy but now he's seeing he seems like I mean not I don't feel like humans the word because he's not very human like he's very you know rock and menace but I Mythical. just feel yeah myth yeah exactly like I feel I, I'm kind of um, enamored with him I guess would be the word so yeah he's my pick but I, I don't know I Sean Strickland should is probably the right pick here 
No, I don't think there's a right or wrong, and I don't think there's anything wrong with picking a double champ because we don't see him very often. They come few and far in between. And a little bold take I'm going to have for 2024, boys, I think there could be a possibility he goes back down and tries to get not only double champ but simultaneous double champ. I think that's a possibility for 2024. I'd like to see it, but eh, we'll see. I don't know. Just an idea I'm throwing out there I'd like to see for next year. Yeah, and he has the frame to go up, which is crazier. Yeah, they already talked about maybe Aspinall defending yeah. his interim heavyweight. I don't know if that counts as triple champ because it's interim, but it's interesting. It should. it should count as triple champ, in my opinion, even if it's interim. I don't know if you guys disagree with that. but Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll tackle that bridge when it gets here, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's ungodly good. That was a good. That was my second pick, Max. So I like that pick. Me and Jeff agreed on the first one. Female fighter of the year for the year of 2023. Max, we'll let you start this one. I think I'm going to pick differently than you two. Really? Okay. So my female fighter of the year was Alexa Grasso. She held, I think, the biggest upset. It's up. It's either Sean Strickland over Izzy or, or this one, uh, Grasso over Shevchenko. I was completely in awe when I saw this happen. I was, I was totally shocked. And she is bringing a name to Mexican back to Mexican MMA. I think she's the only remaining I, that could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure she's the only remaining Mexican champion. Is that right off the top of your head? Cause Pantoja took it from Moreno. Yeah. Yes. So she's really um, just been impressing me. And I, I really counted her out for that fight against Shevchenko, the first one. And then the fact that she was able to, you know, take on a even scarier Shevchenko coming to avenge her loss and get it to a draw was even more impressive, honestly. And for her to have those two title fights and two really good ones um, in this year, I feel like she's female fighter of the year. Um, but if you picked my other girl, which I, mean, I think that's who you're going, that's the direction you're going, Mikey. But uh, if you pick her, I wouldn't be surprised either. Is it Zhang? No. Oh, okay. You went the other way. I guess Zang I wasn't, was wasn't going to go pick- Blanchfield. No, I wasn't going to pick Blanchfield yet because she hasn't won a title. Yeah. Mine was Zhang, and the only reason I picked Zhang over Grasso is because I know Grasso became the champ, so that's more significant in like your career, like milestone building. But to me, this past year, that fight that Zhang put on against Amanda Lamos, that really should... I was at that fight. I'm pretty sure I was at I'm yeah, that sure. wasn't. Yeah, Boston. I was at that yep. fight. It was fucking nuts. Yep. Um, like that to me just really propelled. We have a big void right now, right? Because Nunez is gone. Val, we don't really know what's going to go on with her. We have a void. Who's the best women's fighter? Because we usually gauge women like who's the best women's fighter instead of by weight class. Who's the best women's fighter? To me, that night, Zhang really showed that she is the best women's fighter on earth. She is the one not to be fucked around with. I guess unless you could say like Larissa Pacheco, but that's a whole different... We're just talking about UFC. Zhang is the best women's UFC fighter, in my opinion, right now. And that fight was so dominant. I remember me and Jeff and Jeff's boys were watching it, and I was a little intoxicated. I literally fell asleep. Not in a bad way, but it was so fucking dominant. I couldn't stay up because there was nothing to watch. She flat out dominated her. I think she truly showed that she is not to be fucked with. My second pick obviously would have been Grasso, but I'm going to roll with Zhang Weili for this past year. Jeff, let's hear it. Yeah, I, I'm going to rock out with Grasso. I mean, I, 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 I would like to say Zhang, but I just feel like one fight is definitely not enough to go off of. So my only other competition with Grasso this 
this year was honestly just Blanchfield, like we said, because the the two big wins for Blanchfield are huge wins, but the fact that she's not getting a title shot, I feel like kind of taints them, makes them feel like less. Yeah, yeah I completely agree. And the Andrade fight hasn't aged. That Andrade win hasn't aged super well. I know she just got a win as well, but she went on to lose like another another one like or two four more in a row, yeah, yeah something, something like right that. Um, but yes. Uh, also, side note: watching Amanda Lemos try and leave the ring, dude, she was fuck. I think she like kind of got carried out, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Zang absolutely batted her for five rounds. So that that was the only reason I picked her. I could have picked either. I. I really like either answer. I'm excited to see what both these ladies do going forward. Fight of the year. This is going to be more five. It doesn't have to be five round, five round, three round fight from both fighters, not necessarily performance. Your favorite fight you watch the entire year. Jeff, who'd you roll with? This, this one was fucking hard. Honestly, Feel free to give honorable mentions too, if you guys want. I, I think we got to rock out with, or at least me, got to rock out with Volkeslam. Mm. The first one. It, it was just so back and forth. Fucking, we re- really were splitting hairs with the decision. Didn't know who was going to come up with it. It it had everything. It had the whole storyline going into it. There was a home crowd, a clear home crowd advantage on one side. I mean, it had everything. Where would you have ranked it fights all time if Volk would have won? The greatest. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree with you. Um, that is not what I went with. That was my second pick. I'm just going to give you guys my top three picks for this one. So I picked Pantoja Marino. That was my favorite fight of the year. I had Volk Islam number two, and then number three was Gaethje Fiziev. I had a really hard time picking between them three. I rolled Pantoja Marino. Uh, it was just a five-round war, start to beginning. We really got to see what Pantoja was made of. That was kind of my favorite part of the fight. I think all three of us had a lot of fucking question marks about Pantoja's gas tank and what he was going to be made of when he fought Moreno, who was perceivably the best flyweight on earth at the time. And he came out on top in a really close split decision and has since defended the belt. And that was that fight, to me, was just entertaining as fuck, start to finish. I loved it. I loved the storyline with it. That was a rematch. Uh, it was just, it was great for me to watch. I hope we see more stuff like that going forward. Max, did you side with Jeff? Wait, I had a question. You want you liked Islam Volk two more than one? No, I said one. No, no, no. no. That Mike was said... that was my second. Oh, I was like, uh, okay, got one, it. Two, I'm three. a dumbass. All right, that makes. Sense. I was like, damn, <laughs> uh, I fucking no, hated I that fight. Fucking despised this. Yeah, that Volk fight too. sucked. Fuck that. I was pissed. Um, okay, mine is uh Islam Volk one. That one was. Like, like Jeff said, I, I was so locked in. I was standing with my nose like an inch from the TV. Probably gave myself cancer doing that. I was fucked up. I was yelling. Um, when I thought they said Volk one, so I started screaming in this girl's face a lot. And then because she was like weirdly and in, she was dude. This girl I, I was watching the fights. She just happened to be at the apartment I was at with all my roommates. And dude, she was like very turned on by islam and it was very strange not the religion the fighter turned on i know she was all horned up for him i don't know why i was i've never heard those i know she kept she kept she literally kept going she, i'm not gonna do the impression but she Come kept on, saying do it no dude it, it was she kept calling him daddy dude i was like whoa 
if he heard you, he'd be pissed at you. Um, I know. I I don't know what she. I don't know if it was a bit or not. But side, anyways. I I thought <laughs> it was a good bit. If so, it was. A, I it got me. I was shocked. I was I was flabbergasted that that I'm was coming out of her mouth. Him, brother. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that maybe that's the energy he needed to get that win over there. But when they read out the announcements, um, my buddy Bennett and I shout out Bennett thought that, um. Volk won, so we both started yelling at her a lot, and then she got pissed because she saw that Islam won, and started yelling at us, and it was a very bad moment. But anyways, Did great this fight. Woman happened to have a neck beard. No, but she is extremely muscular. So there's that. that. Could be it. Could be cousins could be, with could Islam. Be something with that. Um, <laughs> could anyways. be cousins with. Have you, just, have you right, checked their plow lineage? Through that. Have plow you checked their that. lineage? <laughs> nope. Plow through it. All right. Anyways, uh, that was a really interesting fight. Um, I'm bias but o'malley and sterling is up there for me just because of the shock factor i didn't think um i honestly didn't think o'malley was gonna be able to get it done and to be there in person when he did it was one of the best moments of my life and then um the third one that i had which i'm blanking on right now oh uh yeah pantosia moreno two or one or yeah two two yeah two so yeah, probably went a little too long on that answer, but go ahead, Mike. Oh, that's okay. You got sidetracked by the uh, moist woman for Dagestani. I've never heard in my whole entire life. So yeah, muscular <laughs> moist woman. Yeah, we'll keep it moving so we don't get a little too fixated. Um, performance of the year. This was more. I think we interpreted this more of an individual performance from one fighter who really had, you could say, breakout performance, amazing performance, whatever. I picked uh, Strickland. He's going to occur again, I'm sure, after this as well. Plus 650 dog comes in to completely dismantle. I mean, you could probably argue maybe the best middleweight all time. Maybe he's behind Silva. Whatever, Whichever way you want to fucking split it. He's one or two. And there was no asterisks, no fluke knockouts. Like I think still with Sugar, we're a little unsure what we're going to get out of him going forward because he knocked out Aljamain so fast. There was, there was no question marks left of Strickland. He came in, steamrolled Izzy for five rounds, screamed in his face at the end, gave an awesome post-fight interview. I mean, the press conference before was amazing. I just thought start to finish from fight week to the end, him getting the belt, that was the performance of the year for me. Jeff, did you agree with that? Yeah, 110%. It's got to be Strickland over Izzy. Come on now. Yeah, I thought you would. Uh, any other reasons besides the ones I noted? Was there anything that really tickled your peach? Not really. Oh, no. I mean, it, it, you know I tickles my peach. It's fucking Sean Strickland whooping the shit out of fucking Izzy for five rounds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Max, did you uh, round out the pick or did you pick against us? No, I picked the same one. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Leon and Kamaru, Kamaru 2, uh, Leon, or 3, Leon's performance in that was really uh interesting to me just because it was complete and total shutdown and i thought that i was a little nervous for leon going into that fight because he was losing the entire fight against kamaru before the headshot bang and i wasn't sure if you know that was just luck and if he was going to be able to hold up against kamaru who it's pretty evident at times had been able to get into leon's head before but with that performance this was like the I think that was the you know the first time we saw this final evolution of champion Leon where he came out there he was stone cold he was locked the fuck in and everything he did was he fought a perfect fight against Kamaru and 
I was from that point on, I was like, oh, we have a whole different fucking animal on our hands here. So that performance really stuck out to me. But it's got to be Strickland Izzy um, because I thought there was no way in hell that Strickland was going to get it done. And uh, to see him get it done was honestly shocking. Yeah, there was a few others I had in mind. Um, Volk versus Yair was a one that kept re- reoccurring in my head, but the stakes weren't as high, so I couldn't pick that one. Um, Ilya, Josh Emmett was another one, but again, stakes weren't as high. But I'm sure 2024 will be packed with excitement got, from them too. So we got to give Islam Volk too. I think we got to give that one to Islam as well. We got to just mention. Yeah, that. that was one, but you know, I'm a Volk. I'm a Volk mark. I know so it I'm hurts. I hate. I, I feel bad. I, I'm trying not to be biased. Yeah, so uh, we rounded out with Sean Strickland. I think that was pretty much a safe pick for every award show I've listened to thus far. Um, Worst year for female fighter. This one, again, was kind of open to interpretation for the boys, however you wanted to roll it. It doesn't have to be a champ. It could have been a prospect. could have been could have been a fucking announcer for all I care. But I'm going to start it off. I picked Tyler Santos, and that was because she was the number three women's flyweight, and I think – we were talking – I don't think. We were talking about if she beats Blanchfield, she gets another shot at the title, and she looked like she could be a dominant champ, potentially. We weren't really sure how it was going to go, but there was a lot of high hopes for her. She loses a very, very tight decision. I mean, Blanchfield, if she didn't give that last round really champion-esque performance she did, she could have easily lost that fight, and we could be talking about something completely different right now. But she didn't. Tyler Santos loses a – very tight decision. Then I start reading all this shit on Reddit and Twitter about how Tyler Santos may have failed a drug test right before they had to renew her contract. All of a sudden, she's gone. She's off the roster. So to me, I don't think it gets – does it get worse? I mean, I don't think a year gets worse for a fighter than that. You go from potentially fighting for a title, and now you're nowhere to be found. Maybe that's not true either. Maybe it's a personal decision on her behalf, but I know she's not in the UFC anymore. So – Therefore, Tyler Santos, worst year for any female fighter for me. Um, Max, who'd you pick? Uh, mine was Juliana Pena, and she didn't fight this year. She was injured. She's lost the title to Nunez, uh, kind of what I expected. Um, I thought that, again, this was one of those fluke wins. And I thought Pena was really likable right away. This year, I found her extremely insufferable, and I think a lot of the other fan base... Oh, geez. I think a lot of the other fan bases for different fighters as well as just the UFC fan base in general really found her unlikable. I think she was trying to do the Colby McGregor thing where she's loud and you know calling out everybody and talking a lot of shit. But like I said in the last episode, you know, Covington and Pena and those other people that try to be like Connor, they just don't have the charisma and the, you know, like likability of Connor. So it just comes off like them being assholes and it's just hard to enjoy. I really was annoyed when uh, Nunez was or Nunez was retiring and Pena was booing. I thought that was just fucking lame. And um, I know that you're, you're doing that to get he and it, it obviously worked because it annoyed me. But it's not like I want to watch her fight anymore because of that. And I think she alienated a lot of her fan base and lost a lot of her fans this year because, you know, she didn't perform and. She, you know, just was kind of unlikable this year. Yeah, I completely agree. Growing from where she was standing this time, well, I shouldn't say this time, maybe middle of the year last year to now, I agree. We're talking about a completely different person. Um, Jeff, who did you pick? Worst year for a female fighter? Honestly, I completely forgot that Tyler Santos is off the fucking roster now that 
it's so wild it kind of like fucking split my mind. But I definitely said my fucking old meatball Molly, dude. Oh yeah, she that's fell a good off one. the face of the earth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's damn near off the fucking roster. I mean, she she it looked bad after she got beat by Aaron Blanchfield at the end of last year, and I mean, sure her stock was certainly going down already, but dude, she starts off the year with a fucking getting subbed by like nobody. Who was it? Fucking Stolia Renko, who's about to fight the girl that she fucking <laughs> knocked out that one, that meatball knocked out. I mean, she she got knocked out by nobody. She got cooked by nobody. And I feel like with Patty's fucking whole personality going down in the in the eyes of the like masses for the MMA crowd, it she she's only going down with them. It. There's yeah, I feel like she's completely cooked down. Yeah, I completely agree. I actually think that was I know there's no really right or wrong, but I think that might have been the best pick. I didn't even really think about that one as an option for some reason. Um worst female fighter of the year, we all had different picks. I think Jeff had the objectively probably the best one. Worst year for male fighter we're gonna roll into. Jeff, you can also start this one. Who did you pick? It's gotta be fucking Tony. Oh, that's I a good say, one. Dude. I, didn't pick I wanted him. to pick Tony, but I thought it was like almost. Uh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. <laughs> dude, dude I mean, it's stupid, simple. Keep it simple, stupid. Dude, it's Tony. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, getting subbed by Bobby Green, getting beat by Patty. It doesn't get much worse. Yeah, I mean. One. Breaking I can... the record for most, most losses in a row. That's <laughs> literally rock bottom. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, that was not my pick, but I agree. Max, who did you roll with? I picked Colby Covington. Me sort too. Of, yeah, okay. So same same lines as Pena, like I mentioned, just inactive, finally is active again. Um, or no, inactive and unlikable, but this year Colby did show up again, and he his mouth promised a bunch of shit that he did, did not deliver on. And he got fully outclassed by Leon, both in the ring, outside of the ring, and around the ring. And he embarrassed himself in front of Trump, which is really funny. So I think he lost, actually, a pretty significant portion of his fan base, especially with how he reacted to losing the fight. Because, again, he just said he won. And then he went on like the Fox News tour and was saying that he lost because he's a Trump fan and everything. And I, I just, it's like, Maybe I would listen to something like that if it was, you know, a closer fight and he got fucked over and it's like, oh, the UFC doesn't want to push him because of his beliefs. But that's not the case. He he clearly lost that fight. Yeah. And I think he just fucking that was, this is also my pick. And I think he just fucking had lightning trapped at a bottle where he invigorated the UFC community, whether you liked him or hated him. He came back. He made his name, got back to a title fight without having to do fucking anything. And he has diehard fans who would have loved to see him hold a belt. Honestly, I wouldn't have minded. I like Leon, but I wouldn't have minded to see him hold the belt either. And yeah, like you said, then you have this opportunity that you can seize. Even if you say, say it's not as interesting the first two rounds, you go out the last three rounds and you really throw caution to the wind and you show that you're the Colby Covington of old and you really, you're swinging for the fences at the end. Everyone's cheering for you, even if you lose. That's a good step in the right direction. The fact that you go out like a chump 
is just yeah, your your stock could not be any lower. I don't even I'm not even anticipating he's gonna get another fight anytime soon. Maybe in the near future, like some kind of gag fight against like I don't know if Masvidal wants to come back or something or. I have no clue, but I wouldn't be interested to really watch him fight again. And that's saying a lot because I was so interested in watching this title fight. Yeah, his stock could not be any lower for me, Max. I completely agree with you. Um, I have a question. Do you think it would have been worse if he came out and hurt Leon a little bit, but ultimately got knocked out or finished? Or would it be worse if it this is what happened, where he just looked flat the entire time, didn't have any moments, and lost handedly? I think this was the worst case scenario because it's like not it's not even a memorable fight either. It's not even a memorable moment for his career. Like even if you get head kick knocked out and then say you rebound and get a win, everyone, you know, the world's on fire again. It's like I don't think there's much he can do now to invigorate emotion in the UFC community besides his couple diehard fans. It's just he kinda tanked his whole career to me this past year. I don't think you could have done any worse for yourself. Thousand percent agree. Let's go to best year for a female fighter. Again, this one, I, I like these, this best year for female fighter and male fighter because this kind of leaves it open to pick someone who's not a champion. So this is where, for female fighter, I, this is where I picked Erin Blanchfield because she dominated Andrade, like we'd already mentioned. Then you win the very close decision with Tyler Santos. She's now scheduled to fight Manon Firo, which is a huge fight, I'm sure, after that. Whoever wins gets a title shot. Um to make the stride she's made at 24, 25 years old, however old she is coming into this year, uh, it's there's not many who make strides like that at that young. Uh, that last round she put on against Santos was just, it was GSPS, dude. It was just complete excellence. She is locked the fuck in. I anticipate she probably will be champ by the end of next year, so we won't be able to put her in this category. But for now, she's in this category for me. Max, did you also pick Aaron? Yeah, I picked... I picked uh... Blanchfield as well. I thought this was the year where going into it, it's it's weird how long a year is because going into this year, we all liked her a lot and we were actually pretty vocal about that. But I remember that fight against uh Indraj was the one where we were like, This is really the biggest test of her career. And, and we I think we were all actually a little afraid of her. And for her to just go in there and dominate and then dominate her next fight as well and just she looks like the future champion in this division. And I am excited to see what she looks like against Manon because that one's actually going to be the biggest fight of her career. But I feel like she has the tools to get it done. And I also have noticed, like, I, we follow her on the Uppercut Instagram. Check it out. The link is in the bio description or whatever. <laughs> but anyways, we do follow her on the Uppercut Instagram. And um, we've just, I've slowly noticed that She's getting a lot more fans. Um, granted, a lot of them are perverts saying craziness in the chat, in the comments. Nonetheless, she is getting more well-known. And um, I think it's very impressive how her fan base has grown. And I think she's a very household name now. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's she's champion. I, th- I think she will be. And I'm very excited to see it happen. Side note real quick. Before Jeff, before I ask you. So me and Jeff are talking about this. Um, I stream. Well, I don't stream anymore, but... I was streaming on whatnot for a little bit and I buy and sell cards with this kid from Philly. His name's Feed and Bead, like UFC cards. And he texted me the other day randomly. He was at a bar in Philly in Center City no and way. he sent me this. Oh shit. <laughs> it's him and Aaron Blanchfield. Damn. <laughs> he was He's like, tiny as hell. Yeah, he was like, dude, I just ran into Aaron Blanchfield at a bar. That's fucking <laughs> like, nuts, That's dude. Fucking awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, she's down New Jersey way, right? 
Yeah. And it, well, yeah, and then you just gotta go right over the bridge of the Philly. So I guess yeah. she probably hangs out around there. Jeff, who did you pick? Yeah, it's got to be Blanchfield, no fucking doubt. I yeah. mean, exactly what you guys said. She, she's literally just on the cuffs of championship right now, and you can't really get much better than that. No, not in a short span of a year, like Max was saying, where we weren't even sure she's going to win the first fight of her year. So I completely agree with that. Jeff, we'll start out with you for this one. Best year for a male fighter in your humble abode, in your opinion. Uh, I'm, see this this is I feel like it's the same argument for fighter year for this one it's either Sean or Alex for me that's fine this was open to interpretation so however you want to take it, you Alex, it Alex is like if you want that little little kick in the ass at the beginning because you got the L in the beginning but you got the bounce back which might be a little bit better <laughs> You get to fucking go up and wait. You get the the double champ status. I mean, but then then you think about Sean. Sean had opened to close one of the best years we've ever seen in fucking UFC history. So, I, I fuck it. I went with Sean for fighter year. Let me go with Alex. Damn, I was fight. hoping you're gonna clean house with Sean. Dude, I wanted to. Ah, fuck. <laughs> so so i'm gonna tell you guys my pick real quick before i let max go um i tried to pick a non-champ and for me 2023 i think one guy who will be remembered for this year is motherfucking justin gaethje dude the monster head kick to poirier one in the bm the yeah. bmf belt whatever you want to call it wins the bmf title and then that fucking fight against fiziev just an amazing performance the fact that he the fact that it started the way it did and he came out on top was just showed how far he's came technically as a fighter he's not just a brawler anymore i really think he could give problems to islam i, I think there's a good chance of that uh justin gaethje just had a flaw this year start to finish i'm excited to see his title run 2024 and potentially his retirement but i think when you look back on his career this is going to be probably Maybe we'll call it the prime year of his career. Justin Gaethje had an awesome year start to finish. Max, who did you pick? Hurts me to do this, but I had to pick Islam just because um, he beat Volk twice, and I think we all had Volk as our pound-for-pound best fighter going into this year, especially after... um, I think we even had it after the first fight uh, between them. So when he knocked out Volk the way he did and make made Volk look human for the first time in maybe his entire career. Uh, I, th- I think he's got to have it this year. I was, he's, he was like, I guess the most dominant fighter this year with that performance, because I, 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 like I said, I thought Volk even going into the second fight was going to win and that Volk was the better fighter. So I'm going to pick uh, Islam here. Yeah, I completely agree with that pick too, especially if we look down the pipe, you know, 2024 and Islam maybe loses to somebody and you look back mm-hmm. on this, it doesn't get much better than this. Yeah. All right, well, we got three more categories, boys. Let's roll into coach of the year. We'll start with you, Max. Who did you pick as your coach of the year or corner man or however you took it? I think we're all are, I think we're all think uh going to jeez, a crow. I can't speak today. Eric <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I think we're all going to pick him. Is that is do you guys all have him or I picked against yeah. Nick Sick. I was going oh. to, but I picked against against him. All right, well, let's yeah. hear you first, then me and Jeff can go. I want to hear what you 
Okay, so I picked uh, American Top Team. I think he's West Palm Beach, uh, Marcos Damata. You yeah. guys have definitely seen him. So I was thinking, I'm like, what the hell is Alexandre Pantoja's coach's name? I look him up, Marcus Damata. You start going down this rabbit hole of the guys he's cornered this year. Armin Sarukian, Pantoja, Mazvar, Renat, and a bunch of guys from regional promotions. He's just uh, he's a really good Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner and teacher. Someone who I followed on Instagram earlier in the year, and you just see him constantly bouncing around fucking you know, a million different promotions. And to me, uh, Nick Sick with Strickland was an amazing pick. Probably should have been the pick, but Pantoja to me was a big sleeper this year. I thought whoever is guiding him on the path he's on should get a little respect too. So I picked Marcus Damata. I picked Nick Sick because of Nganu. Because I think that was the yeah. biggest. That was the biggest. Uh, yeah, them two thing. upsets in one year. Yeah. It's like, even though Nganu didn't actually get the upset, he got the fucking he upset. Got the fuck upset. I don't care. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that's unbeatable. Yeah, I, th- I think Nganu was the biggest thing to happen in combat sports this year. That fight um, kind of diminished boxing, and it showed that, you know, MMA, it's giving a new, um, you know, thing for uh, MMA fighters to do. And I I was shocked when it happened. And then, like like Jeff said, the two most shocking outcomes, Sean Strickland and Francis definitely getting that win, even though he didn't get the win, um, where both those guys were coached by Nixick. Yeah, and plus Nixick, if you watch um, any of the embedded, he just seems like super likable dude. He's yeah. really seems connected to his fighters. He, I think he, I think he helped Sean kind of channel a lot of the bullshit that he had going on in his outside life as a fighter too. So I completely agree with that. Um, yeah, he's got Aljo. He's got uh, Strickland and Ganu, Aljo, Misha Tate, Garbrandt, Ige, Felt, Felder, Brad Tavares, and uh, Jared Gordon and Chris Curtis. So yeah, pretty solid team there. Yeah. Yeah, he's an awesome coach. I think he really has a good way of having his way with fighters, too, and just channeling their energy to the right direction. That and a little shout-out to Sean Strickland's girl. I think she had a lot to do with his success yeah, sure. this year, too. He said that a lot, too. Yeah. I know she's not the coach, but a little shout-out to her, too. All right, three more categories, boys. We have Rookie of the Year. Um, uh, Did we all pick Bo Nickel? Did anyone pick against that? Maybe Diego Lopez was the other I, one? Yeah, I got Lopez. You picked Lopez? Yes. All right, give us your reasoning, Max. That those um, were my two. I could only really pick. I, out I figured I would be the fucking what you call it. I I didn't even pick between. I couldn't pick between them. Man. It's so hard. It's splitting hairs. <laughs> but th- it was those two. But you couldn't pick. Yeah, yeah. Give yeah. us fucking co rookie of the year. Like fucking. <laughs> Didn't Jason Kidd do that? <laughs> yeah. Yes, he did. Yep. Yeah. Give me co rookie of the year. Damn, all right. Jeff, co-rookie of the year, Diego, Lopez, Nickel. Um, I'm going to go with Nickel, and Max, you're going to go with Lopez. That means we're kind of all split up. Max, give us your reasoning. Because um, Nickel was such a humongous, he was like a Wemby-level prospect coming into the UFC. And I, I he obviously like performed really, really well. He got a knockout, and then he also got the submission win right away. But Lopez just kind of came out of nowhere and was so dominant in the two fights that he won this year against... Um, Gavin Tucker, he got a very, very quick, um, what's it called, submission. And then um, he beat Pat Sabatini again with another very quick submission. And Pat Sabatini... Don't, don't forget to mention the Mazvar fight, too. He yeah, he gave him hell. Yeah, that was... Oh, I totally forgot about that. He did lose to Evolev, but 
um, yeah, that was a fantastic fight this year. And maybe that should make him less eligible than Bo, but um, he was a tiny... Bo only had two fights this year, right? I think so. Two, yep. Yeah, so he was a tiny bit more active than Bo Nickel and was, you know, a, the lesser name. But by the end of it, I was like, both of these guys are fucking awesome. Bo, I would like to see... I think Pat Sabatini is probably better than any of the guys that Nicholas fought. I feel like that's right, but I, I want to double check. No, myself. that's a hundred percent right. Cause yeah, yeah just, Bo, no, no. Bo knocked out a debuter. Yeah. And that was, yeah. And that's the other thing is I feel bad. Cause it's all, it almost feels like Hamzat situation where it seems like it's hard for Nickel to get fights. Cause I feel like people might be afraid of both of them. Um, yeah. He knocked out Woodburn, Val Woodburn. Yeah, Val Woodburn. And then, um, he subbed uh, Pickett this year, Jamie, Jamie Pickett. So I thought Lopez's win over Sabatini was more impressive than the other two wins that uh, Nickel has. That's why I went Lopez. I don't disagree with you. The only reason I really picked Nickel is because he had a knockout finish on a bigger stage. That was really yeah. the only determining factor, but I'd have been fine with either. Let's roll into two of the fan favorites sub of the year i can start on this one i'm going to roll with alexa grasso i haven't really picked it for much else alexa grasso is my sub of the year i think that is just going to be an iconic sub that we look back on that finished it, it really finished an era it didn't really just finish a fight it finished an era of valentina shevchenko dominant title reign it's just i think we can look back on this one in 10 years and it's still going to be a highlight that pops up as alexa grasso choking out Valentina Shevchenko. To me, there wasn't really a bigger one. My uh, honorable mention was Brendan Allen versus Andre Muniz because I remember us three thinking, holy fuck, Brendan Allen has to roll with Andre Muniz and he's going to maybe get his arm snapped or leg snapped. And he completely proved us wrong. And I think Rear Naked choked him and it kind of started his run too. That was my honorable mention, but main pick, Alexa Grasso. Max, who'd you pick? Same, same thing. Alexa Grasso over Shevchenko. Did not see it happening. When she got that hook in, I was like, holy shit, is this really going to happen right now? And uh, yeah, started an entirely new run. Yeah, completely agree. Jeff, did you pick Grasso? Oh, fucking course I picked Grasso. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Like you guys said before, this is, it was like the most unexpected sub of all time. Yeah, completely and agree. The way that she just sunk it in, right? it was damn near right at the buzzer, too. Everything about it was perfect. Yeah, amazing, amazing performance. I'm really excited to see what fight she gets next. Um, the probably the most anticipated one, I think, of the show, knockout of the year. Jeff, we will let you start. Who was your knockout of 2023? Hate to say it, it's off a of sheer magnitude. It's got to be Islam. Mm, I was hoping you wouldn't say that. <laughs> it's it's his it's his ball knocking out Volk. I mean, we were talking about Volk being being the goat, the greatest ever, the greatest fighter ever. Period. And Islam completely just knocked him out in the first round. It, it yeah, it's got to be Islam. I, I hate to say it. <laughs> It yeah. fucking kills me to say this. Yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong either. Um, Max, who'd you pick? Well, Jeff's answer is the right answer, but I'm, like I mentioned, I'm just biased because I was there. Uh, O'Malley knocking at Aljo. It was... That one felt fucking a lot better. I mean, I yeah, wish it yeah. was. Just because, <laughs> like I've mentioned a thousand times, I'm sorry for mentioning it again, but I 
was fucking there and it was it was insane like i was dancing with this random brazilian dude because <laughs> it was fucking nuts we were literally jumping up and down um i didn't think it was gonna happen and to see alja go down like that i was like what no fucking way and on that walkout too that was one of the more intense like sports atmospheres I've ever been at and i thought sean actually looked a little scared so i really had my hopes low and for him to uh you know against all odds come in relax and knock the living fuck out of aljo which I'm, i wasn't the biggest aljo fan i'm more of a fan now after how he's kind of handled the defeat but uh yeah it was a perfect moment for me uh, i agree i sided with you max i agree with what you said too i think jeff's pick is the right objective pick to make yeah. but that is one of my favorite ufc moments of all time and it's just for me, the deciding factor was there's just very, very few moments in sports period, let alone the UFC, where everything just seems right. Like it went how it was supposed to go. And between the walkout, the fact they had an, uh, an Irish last name brother in Boston, yeah. the crowd, uh, everything just seemed right. Like the only other UFC event I can really think of that was kind of similar was like when McGregor walked out with Sinead O'Connor yeah, singing. Yeah. Yeah, with her live singing and then John Jones returned, not this one, the one prior. Like they're the only two I can really think of that went almost perfect, but this was just a perfect moment for me, start to finish. It felt like almost like it was supposed to happen. I almost felt like a dumbass for picking against them after it happened. Just an amazing, amazing moment. Could really start a true era if he go you know, if he wins two more fights this year, we're gonna look back on it like holy shit, that started the sugar era. And it was just amazing for me. Yeah. Um also, I wanted to talk. I wanted to just uh, honorable mention do when Izzy knocked out Pereira this year, because Izzy was in a spot. He looked like he was about to get knocked out again, and I didn't think Pereira was able to get knocked out. So to see that happen, I, that was one of the more shocking ones of the year for me. Oh, I completely agree. I also had that on the list, and he got knocked clean the fuck out. So there was yeah, no fans or yeah. butts about that. The dumbass celebration afterwards kind of fucked everything up on that one, but. <laughs> Well, coming from a dumbass, so what do you expect? <laughs> All right, boys, it's going to wrap up our 2023 awards show. I look forward to doing this in 2024. We'll be back. What kind of episodes we got lined up next week, Max? We got Jeffrey is going to be doing the State of the Divisions. Um, we're also going to be talking about some UFC 300 fights that have been made um, and some other stuff that's been booked. Probably going to talk about a little McGregor-Chandler action. Um, but yeah, we got we got some more news, like, some more fights that have been booked and everything so we're probably gonna break those down and yeah it's gonna be good and then we'll be back on schedule um previewing for the january 13th card which i believe is i uh, think it's magomed. the 13th i might have spit it out is, the wrong date. yeah so 13th it's magomed Ankalaya versus johnny walker two uh which is co-mained with nicolau versus manel cop and here's a little sneak peek i'm not picking manel cop and we all know <laughs> <laughs> where were you on january i'll know why i maybe we don't all know yeah. why maybe we don't all know why i'll explicitly say it's because i uh didn't like his david dvorak fight before you guys get any bad ideas doesn't have nothing to do with that you don't look like him okay all right <laughs> dvorak i hated that all right let's wrap this fucker up good yeah, good that's year what everybody they all say it's the dvorak fight <laughs> this was our best this was our best year of uh uppercut ever and um yeah Hopefully this upcoming year, or I guess it's 2024 now, hopefully this year will be even better. So thank you all for listening and peace. Well,